Joining us now from a cast reunion in Frostbite Falls, Minnesota, is the former star of Rocky and Bullwinkle. In fact, he's the former co-star and lead, none other than Bullwinkle Moose. Hello there. Nice to have you on the show, Bullwinkle. And it's nice to be here. Now, I gather that some of the cast is getting together? No, we do this every year. And wouldn't you know, most of the gang is here. Well, like who? Don't you mean, like whom? Well, I'm not sure. Nice to know you, Mr. Notcher. I'm Bullwinkle. And looking around the room, I see Dudley Do-Right and Nell. Mr. Peabody and Sherman are mixing drinks. Inspector Fenwick is here. Captain Peter Wrongway Peach Fuzz. Snidely Whiplash. Uh, the whole gang. It's almost. Well, no, where's Rocky? Oh, the Rock should be here any minute. He just got a late start this morning. His takeoff was delayed by ground fog. So, so Rocky's still flying. <laughs> He'd be some kind of flying squirrel if he didn't, wouldn't you say? Well, I guess so. It's just, uh, he's not instrument rated, you know. Yeah. So, so how you guys been o uh, over the years? Only terrific. With the Pazuzas coming in from the sales of our DVDs, both Rock and I get to travel. Why, just last month we went to Belarus to see Boris and Natasha and their little spy kids. Get it? Yeah. Spy kids? Yeah, now, whatever happened to Boris? Well, Mr. Boris Badenov is in the imports and exports business now. Uh, he's supposed to be with us, but uh, <laughs> they wouldn't give him a visa or even a Discover card. Uh, they say they suspected him of espionage. Well, now, that's a good call, I think. Only ten cents a minute. <laughs> well, now, what, what did he and Natasha do after the fall of the, uh, the USSR? Well, fearless leader got purged, you know. So Boris and Natasha got a little Dasha near Minsk. Did you know a Dasha is a house in the country? Well, you know, I, I, I did know that. Um, but um, I'm gathering retirement agrees with you fellows. <laughs> you don't know how much time it takes to do a TV show till it's over. Now we do more fun stuff. Rock has a flight school for ambitious rodents, and I own a great big factory. Well, now, Bullwinkle, what do you make? Hat racks. Get it? <laughs> well, we know that you're busy in this event, uh, but, but surely you and Rocky can come back on the show sometime. No, please don't call me Shirley. But sure, we'll come back. But right now, I gotta mingle. Uh, anyone you want to talk to? Well, Bullwinkle, thank you very much. Uh, maybe could, could you hand the phone over to Snidely Whiplash? Well, I don't know. I can try. Hold on. We're speaking to uh, some of the cast members of the classic cartoon program, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Hello? Is this Snidely Whiplash? Oh, I should say not. Inspector Fenwick of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police here. Who might this be? Well, I, I'm Doug Everett, Inspector. We're on the air at uh, KDVS-FM in Davis. Good heavens, man. No one said anything about a wireless broadcast. But why the devil would you be looking for that rascal whiplash? I've jailed him more times than I can shake a stick at, and that stick is getting old. Well, Inspector, we just, we just kind of thought it'd be fun to talk to. Oh, how odd. I'd have that scoundrel behind bars now if he hadn't moved to California. Well, now, that's where we are, Inspector. We're right here in California. Then you may already know Whiplash. 
He's developing real estate out on your floodplain somewhere. Natomas, perhaps? Well, I can't say, but I assure you the man is pure, dastardly, hand-wringing trouble. Well, thanks for the warning, Inspector, but could you give him the phone just the same? Well, all right, but uh, don't say I didn't warn you. All right, well, that that uh, that was Inspector Fenwick of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Give me that! Hello? Snidely Whiplash? Who wants to know? Well, this is Radio Parallax. Am I good, man? If you are calling about those Riverview homes, I will only say that a certain amount of seepage is normal in a basement of that size. Well, actually, sir, we're just calling to chat. And the Attorney General has decided not to prosecute, so I think I shall be left alone if it's all the same with you. Well, Mr. Whiplash, it sounds like you're up to your old tricks. Oh, I'm just trying to earn a modest living in the real estate racket uh, game. Uh, the real estate business. Well, a crooked one, evidently. Can you really tell an honest enterprise from a crooked one? Well, uh, well, sir, often I can't. You see? It's perfect. But listen, if you don't have a subpoena for me, then I really will have to run along. Well, we appreciate your saying hello. Uh, no trouble at all, and um, you wouldn't be looking to buy a home a stone's throw from the levee, would you? Well, not really. A pity. You see, as soon as they throw enough stones, we'll fix the levee. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> I made a joke. Well, we thank you for that, Mr. Whiplash. Uh, please call me Snidely Von Dial. And if anyone you know is in the market for some riverfront views... We'll, we'll have them call you. Splendid, my good man, splendid. <laughs> and, and please say hello to Dudley Do-Right for us. If you insist... I must go now, for you see the caterers just arrived, and I have to get busy adulterating the cake and spiking the punch bowl. <laughs> well, well, good luck with that. Uh, see you later. Farewell to all of you in Radio Land. <laughs> well, that's time actually to uh, to break character and reveal to you that actually we aren't at a uh, Frostbite Falls cartoon uh, reunion. We're speaking with uh, voice actor Corey Burton. Welcome to Radio Parallax, Corey. Well, hello. Hello. <laughs> Davis, California. Hello. No, uh, pretty lousy Larry King impression. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you uh, I must say, we are quite impressed with your, your, your effort here as the J. Ward clan. And you, you started out actually in, in this business, I, I gather, 30 years ago, starting out imitating Hans Conrad, who is the voice of Snidely Whiplash. That's right. Um, uh, I had known Doss Butler, who was the great uh, voice of Yogi Bear, Huckleberry Hound, Mr. Jinx, Captain Crunch. Uh, anyway, uh, Doss Butler was working on a school film. Uh, for uh, Disney, for a subsidiary of Disney, uh, with M Code, uh, Walt Disney Educational Media Company, okay. and they wanted Hans Conried to play a role. And well, Hans Conried was uh, around, but he was uh, on tour in like the Student Prince or something at the time. And I knew Dawes Butler, and he had heard me do an impression of Hans Conried, so he recommended me. And he said, "Hey, I want to audition for this," and I went in and auditioned and got the gig, and it was my first job doing Hans Conrad playing Professor Plumbutter in Chef Amalette's Health Diet. <laughs> now, I gather you guys sit in for each other quite a bit in this business. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I, I get called a lot for sound-alikes because I started as a mimic. Can you explain what that is, actually, a sound-alike? Well, if, uh, if they need uh, a voice match, 
say for oh, other product lines based on a movie, uh, for example, like uh, the Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars movies, they want to use Christopher Lee's character, Count Dooku. Well, he's in England and he doesn't want to do it, so, uh, so they cast a sound-alike, somebody that can, can sound just like the original actor. And mm. my mimics here, I do my Christopher Lee impression, and it's Count Dooku. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I do all the video games and. Uh... But I mean, I I know that this can be a real problem. I, I like a few years back, actually about maybe 15 years ago, they dug up some old footage of uh, of Lawrence of Arabia and and they they reconstructed some of it to expand it, make more of a director's cut. And some of the actors were were long dead, so someone had to go in and, and play them. An impressionist will take the most obvious qualities of voice and send them up, blow, exaggerate them. The familiar, say, Peter Lorre impression. Yeah. You know, the actual Peter Lorre was, uh, he wasn't actually that, uh, that ridiculous, the way that he is imitated. But then the impressionists, they took him and they made a monstrous voice out of him. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and that became the public image of the voice of Peter Lorre when really it was much more subtle than that. Right. It's funny because I'm looking at your, uh, at your biography here, Corey, and you've, 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 done, you've done everything. You've got a voice as announcer for network TV promos, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox. You've narrated documentaries on PBS, a &E, oh, yeah. Discovery Channel, History Channel. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, the voice work really covers a, covers a wide range of stuff. Well, I decided early on that my own voice is so boring and bland, I could never make any money from it. So, uh, you know, using that mimic's ear and, of course, uh, learning to be a real radio actor, uh, a voice actor from Doss Butler, who I mentioned earlier, in the old school method, traditional, uh, I was able to apply those skills to play a whole rainbow of different personalities, uh, so not how do you, necessarily uh, even changing my voice, yeah. but just changing character uh, to assume whatever needs the particular project has. So I want to say I want to hire you and I want you to document, I want you to narrate my documentary that I did on PBS for like uh, Gorilla Families or something. What, what, how would you decide you wanted to, is it, what role would you want to do? How would, how, would you, how would you go about settling in on a voice? Well, you know, I base, I'd base it on narration that I had heard on similar programs that I thought was particularly good. You know, of course, my model for all narration is Alexander Scorby, who I was never able to sound like, okay. unfortunately. But, and there, there are some uh, modern-day uh, uh, very fine narrators like Will Lyman. Well, the names wouldn't mean much to the general public anyway, but uh, uh, the people that do the front lines and the Novas. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. <clears throat> and so I just try to get into that sort of groove. That's that sort of very serious personality. People don't realize until they tried, I think, how, how much in a normal actor on the stage, say Hans Conrad, he used to appear, he was all over TV in the 50s. He played Uncle Tanoose on the Danny Thomas show. He was always on I Love Lucy episodes. But then he gets to do the full range of body motions and facial expressions. But when you're a voice actor, you have none of that. Yeah, well, although, you know, at the microphone, Dawes Butler taught us all that you really do have to move. Your face has to be especially mobile. Uh, the eyebrows, and he would, he would talk in terms of placement, you know, like Elroy Jetson, he'd say, it's right behind the eyes, is where he would imaginarily place the voice. And you do wave your arms and, and move around while you keep your mouth sort of in the same position. 
to really make it come alive. Sometimes if I'm repeatedly doing a line in, uh, for an animated film or something, I may do you know five or ten takes of it, and it just keeps sounding dead. And then I realize, oh, all right, I'm not moving. Yeah. And I have to assume the posture and the movement of the actor to get the or, or the character, you know, to get the real motion in it. You know, yeah. so it, it's got animation in the voice, and I'm not just sitting there bitting out. Uh, 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 mechanical sounds. Which, which mechanical make... voice acting, unfortunately, has become acceptable uh, over the years. People just sort of expect it, having heard so many mediocre examples of voice acting. When people hear the genuine article, they, they do respond better to it. it. It's got more life to it. You've pointed out, too, in your website, uh, you're an expert on microphones, that a lot of people don't realize how important it is to have a good mic. Absolutely. I mean, even though we're over a phone line now, I'm on a vintage 1953 RCA dialogue ribbon microphone, uh, which it just imparts a magical quality to the voice. Even You can even hear something special through a phone line. Yeah. Well, Corey, you've had a chance to work with some of the great people in the business over the years. You mentioned starting out, I guess you actually did work with Hans Conried early on. Yes, I did on some uh, radio programs. There was the the Heartbeat Theater, which was the Salvation Army radio show, huh. uh, which was syndicated all over the world, in fact. Uh, um, yes, <clears throat> announced and introduced by Marvin Miller, <laughs> one of the great, great old voicemen. And, and you um, actually worked with uh, with uh, June Foray, the voice of Rocky on Rocky and Bullwinkle? Yeah, well, June was the first professional voice person that I ever met. Uh, uh, by coincidence, my uncle knew her uh, casually. Uh, he used to manage a thrifty drugstore in Woodland Hills. And my uncle's a friendly guy, and they, they chat together. And one day I was watching TV, and I, uh, it was a Rocky and Bullwinkle show, and I said, hey, June Foray, isn't she the greatest? Uh, boy, I'd sure like to meet her. My mom said, oh, your uncle knows her. <laughs> no, he does not. And, uh, yeah, and so he put me in touch with June. She sort of opened the door to the uh, industry for me, and and I met her uh, when I was like 15, and went to uh, went to some Jay Ward uh, Captain Crunch commercial recording sessions, and started to get into the business. And at that time, of course, all of these great classic vaudevillians who had become radio actors and then cartoon voice actors were all working. So I, I worked with practically everyone. Yeah, I, I didn't realize till much later in life, listening to some old radio programs, that uh, Bill Con Conrad, who did such great narrations for Rocky and Bullwinkle, he was Matt Dillon on the old Gunsmoke show, and he was a great Matt Dillon. That's right, and and even though uh, he was referred to, they, they teased him, they referred to him as the man of 1,000 voice, <laughs> because Bill Conrad, he couldn't really change his voice, he just had this big, heavy voice. Um, yet he was such a fine actor that right. he played hundreds of characters sure. in nearly every top radio dramatic series uh, that ever was. So if you listen to old radio shows from the 40s, you'll find, the 40s and 50s, you'll find Bill Conrad in like every other show, Suspense and Escape and, of course, uh, Gunsmoke. And uh, you know, he played every kind of character. In fact, it was, uh, it was always fun to hear him play a character that was so unlike him, like he would play a very... A very fey, you know, light in the loafers character. He really played these, <laughs> these uh, 
very delicate, uh, like, uh, obsessive millionaires and, and such on, on some radio shows. And of course, he was kind of a kind of a man's man, kind of a tough guy. And yet, of course, we think of we think on television, Gunsmoke. It was Matt Dillon playing the role. Bill Conrad sounded like like Matt Dillon, but he di- but he didn't look like him. He was later, of course, I think in the seventies. Jake Jake and the Fat Man was that. That's right. In yeah. fact, there's even a story. I I think it's apocryphal, but there is a story that that they had him audition for the TV. Uh, role of Matt Dillon, yeah, and he began the scene by sitting in a chair, and uh, he was very nervous. And well, of course, he had—he was a large man, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he stood up, and the chair clung to him, and he was just humiliated. <laughs> he, he sort of—he uh, sort of slopped over it, I suppose. <clears throat> but I don't think that's really a true story. Uh, obviously, he just didn't look like he sounded. And you work with Nancy Cartwright, too, of The Simpsons. I guess she's Marge Simpson. There's another person. Oh, no, Nancy's uh, Bart. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nancy is Bart okay. and Nelson and uh, Ralph Wiggum, which I think is one of her funniest characterizations. Nancy's brilliant. She also was a student of, of Doss Butler. Um, and we met uh, a long, long time ago. Uh, she was doing, like, My Little Pony cartoons. And she was such a sweet girl, and she was talented, and I just thought, oh, gee, I wonder if she'll ever make a living in this business. And <laughs> the Simpsons came along. <laughs> and now and she practically owns it. But right. oh, Nancy's terrific. And she, uh, yeah, she produces this uh, internet cartoon for NASCAR uh, called The Kellys. And I play Joe Kelly. Yeah. The, the patriarch of the family. Well, you've done a ton of work for Disney, I see, on your website here. Yeah. You've been in Aladdin, you've been in Hercules, Mulan, uh, ton, tons of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, uh, I finally got to play my own featured role uh, in uh, Atlantis, which actually is just airing, like, right now on the Disney Channel. <laughs> That's, that would, okay. I was uh, Molière, you see, a smelly little French uh, geologist, you know. <laughs> Should mention it in passing too that you, you, people may know you. I'm sure they do know your voice if they're not from commercials and not from from documentaries, but also you you've the announcer for Real California Cheese, which has been a uh, you know all over the all over the TV. Oh yeah, yeah, <clears throat> it's the cheese. <laughs> 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 and of course, until just this past year, I was the trademark voice of Old Navy. Old Navy. But, of course, they don't have an old-fashioned announcer anymore. So go shop somewhere else. I don't care. <laughs> you know, uh, Corey, one thing I never really thought about till I talked to you was that a lot of the old announcers' voices that have become so entrenched, so classic in how we think of people uh, announcing, their voice was enhanced, so to speak, by smoking cigarettes. The two go together. Sure, cigarettes and booze and uh, very fatty, salty diets, you know. It, uh, unfortunately, the terrible health habits uh, of those days did give human voices a rich, a rich resonance yeah. that you don't hear as much these days. Well, Corey Burton, thank you so much for speaking with us and giving us a little bit of insight into the world of the voice actor. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. Hopefully it was entertaining and interesting and it, people might have gotten something out of it. it. It was indeed. All right, well, before we go out, Corey, could you give us a station ID as your former pal, Hans Conrad? 
this is the ghost of Hans Conrad saying, you're listening to KDVS 90.3 FM Davis. Oh, that's a college town, you see. I'm Douglas Everett. This is Radio Parallax. We'll take a short break and come back with more. Stay tuned. 